Good evening, all sports zonians. Hope everybody is well. Happy weekend, everybody, because we are recording this on Friday night here. And we got a special episode of Sports Zone this week. Yes, you are getting three episodes of Sports Zone this week. There ain't going to be any sports talk on this one here. I am here with Cousin David tonight. Cousin David, how you doing? Oh, is, oh, Cousin David, how you doing there? I'm doing pretty good. All right. Um. So we thank everybody for listening on uh, the podcast feed, uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Anchor, whatever the hell Bullhorn is. We thank you for listening there. Um, so we decided we were going to do a little episode here because, you know, every now and then we wind up talking about TV shows that we like on, on uh, the big show. And one that I know we've all kind of gotten into a little bit is The Mandalorian. And it just had its season finale uh, released today. I saw it at about seven, eight o'clock this morning before I went to work. I had a shit day at work, but anyway. Um, and cousin David, I know you. You are you are a bigger Star Wars fan than me, from what I gather. And I need this explained because when we were kids, I never gave a shit about Star Wars. Like I didn't watch my first Star Wars movie till I was 13 years old. And I never remember you once bringing up Star Wars when we were kids. Like there were Thundercats, there was Ghostbusters, there was plenty of shit. There was never any Star Wars. So when did this happen with you? Um, I became a Star Wars fan. I watched it in some sort of holiday, maybe a Christmas holiday during okay. that week off from school. And you know, you know how they have it on. They had all three movies on, on a TBS or TNT. And I was little, I watched all of them. And then I was in seventh grade and my teacher, it was like last period. He made us watch all three Star Wars, not made us, but just put it on. And I just loved it. And then, and then my uncle Jeff came into the family like 24 years ago and he was a big Star Wars and Star Trek fan. So he kind of got me into it even more. And I just, it just keep kept, it kept going. I got into Clone Wars. I got, I, you know, Clone Wars and Rebels and all, all, all sort of that other good stuff. And um, mm-hmm. been a fan ever since. All right. Okay. Uh, you see me, I've always been more of a casual one. I mean, you know, this, like when I was a kid, I, you know, I started reading comic books when I was in seventh grade. So X-Men was always my thing growing up. So that was kind of more on the side that I leaned to with X-Men. It really was just X-Men. Like I never read Captain America or Iron Man or any of that other shit. I was always, I was always pissed off at Spider-Man for being the one who everybody liked. And I was just like, fuck you. X-Men's better. So that was me. That was me. That's where I was on that. And like I said, I didn't see my first Star Wars movie till I was 13. So I guess it was around the same time you were talking about because I'm a year older than you. But yeah. um, first Star Wars movie I saw, we started with Return of the Jedi because my dad took me and my sister uh, when the special editions came out. And that was the one that was in the theater at the time. So I actually started on that one. Every time I go to watch Return of the Jedi, I fall asleep like clockwork 20 minutes into the goddamn movie so i'd like right off the bat i if you listen to this for like diehard star wars fans you already hate my guts so i apologize to everybody for that um and then what i guess when we were both in high school was when the prequels came out i know i was in college when the second one came out and i'll tell you i'll tell you a funny story about the third prequel movie i've told you this story before actually i used to work at uh i spent 10 years working at movie theaters and i did projection 
um, in my at my first theater that I worked at. It was 2005. The weekend Star Wars Episode Three came out was actually when I graduated college. But that week, build, uh, leading up to it, you know, as projectionist, you would build the prints because this was before everything was digital, so everything would be on reels and whatever. So they, they sent out all the memos and everything. If you make these movies and you screw it up, you're going to get written up. You better pay attention to what you're doing, blah, blah, blah. So I'm down in the lower booth. I'm building two prints of Star Wars at the same time. Wow. <laughs> and I got I've told you this story before. You know this story, but it's a funny story. I like telling this story. Um, so I'm building the first movie up uh, to the platters. And I, I put the re I put the real on the makeup table and I thought I put the clamp on and everything and I got a bottle of Fanta and I put the bottle of Fanta on the makeup table and I let it go and I walk across the booth to start building the other print and all of a sudden I hear this really loud banging noise and I turn around and I forgot to put the clamp on so the reel is now on the ground and the bottle of Fanta is spilling on the freak and I'm, I'm freaking out to all hell I'm just like oh my god I just fucked up Star Wars I just fucked up Star Wars holy shit so I fixed everything. I wiped off what I could and I go downstairs. I'm smoking a cigarette with a buddy in my mind. I'm, Dude, I just fucked up Star Wars. Holy shit. But thankfully, I did it at the last hour of the movie where uh, they were on Mustafar having the fight scene and everything was in lava. So the orange Fanta blended in. That works. Yeah, because two weeks later when that print was leaving, I looked at my boss and I was just like, so the one in theater 13, you said that's leaving, right? Yeah. Anybody complain about that one? Any problems with that or anything? He goes, no, not that I'm aware of why. And I told him, I was like, dude, I spilled a bottle of Fanta on that fucking thing. He just looks at me, you asshole. (laughs) He was a Star Wars fan. So anyway. As a little backstory there. And then, of course, we've gotten the sequel movies over the last 10 years, which did not leave a great taste in a lot of people's mouths here. And from what I know, you were kind of the same way on that, right? Yeah, you know, I liked episode seven. I thought it was I thought it was a good start. And I had, you know, the ending to that movie where, you know, Ray goes to uh, Octo and and, and hands Luke the lightsaber. And then it just Mm -hmm. ends. And I'm like. All right, this was similar to A New Hope, but I could, I could take it. It was a good ending, you know. This is this is this is gonna go well. Let's see what happens. And mm-hmm. Ryan Johnson um, had was basically swinging on a wiffle ball set and swung and missed. That's just my view. Episode no eight, kidding. I think, just made it made it just bad. I mean, he could have made that movie. He could have taken that movie and taken the franchise to really bigger heights, but I think that's where everything went downhill. The last Jedi was just swung and miss. What'd you think of rise of Skywalker? Um, I think, I think JJ Abrams had to salvage a lot. Um, and I just think when you're going in so many different directions, it's tough to come all, all the way back. And it was just difficult for him. I don't think, I, I think you know, he said in the press, well, sources have said that he wanted to pull his name off that movie because there was just so much interference and it wasn't even his at the end. And I just think it just became... Are you became, talking about Abrams? Yeah, Abrams. Oh, there there was okay. There was sources, um, a couple of videos online said that um, there was a struggle. <laughs> Kathleen Kennedy got involved. George Lucas got involved. 
George Lucas and him actually fixed Luke. And it was supposed to be like a four hour movie, which they were going to cut down. And then Kathleen Kennedy came in and just, and just cut everything up. And we got a different ending. They filmed 12 different endings and they went with like the ending that, which what we got. And apparently in 2023, I heard they're going to do the uncut uh, version. It's going to be like four and a half hours. It's, it's very similar to what, to what the justice league is doing uh, the snyder cut snyder the snyder cut, cut. it's going to yeah. be it's going to it's going to be the jj cut and apparently it's going to be like the george lucas jj ending of how it was supposed to be they mm. claim it's going to be better but who knows so well listen i mean all i'm going to say in terms of what i thought <laughs> all i'm going to say in terms of what i thought of the movies is looking back if you're going to make a trilogy like this to follow a legacy movie like star wars you need to have a plan going in. Yep. I don't understand how you, I don't think anybody can watch those movies and be like, everybody knew where they were going. Nobody had any idea where this trilogy was supposed to go. You bring in JJ Abrams to start it off. Mr. Puzzle box. Hey, here's your mystery. You figure out where it is. And then you give it to Ryan Johnson. And I, I feel like he takes a lot of flack for what he did with the movie. I mean, the fact is if you're not telling him this is our plan. This is where you want. This is where we want you to take us. You're telling him, hey, do whatever the hell you want with it. So you get to turn around and be like, hey, I know we told you you could do what you want, but this isn't what we wanted. No, no. You let him do that. Ryan Johnson was the first uh, director to write, direct, produce, whole bang since George Lucas. And Kathleen Kennedy gave him that power to do that. And they completely pissed off the fan base, even though I'm going to yeah. say I'm going to say something else that's going to piss off a lot of Star Wars fan, uh, fans. I really liked what they did with Luke in that movie. Like, I liked the idea where you have the hero who, you know, he saves the galaxy and everything. And now it's on him to preserve the galaxy and his first chance out to rebuild the sacred institution and everything. He fails miserably. And he's so embarrassed and ashamed by what happened that he he he, he, uh, he goes into isolation. I liked that. I felt like that was realistic and everything. Um, the rest of the movie I didn't particularly care for upon uh, later viewings of it. The rest of the movie just did not hold up for me. But I always liked that idea that they did that. And then they bring it back to J.J. Abrams. Hey, can you fix this? Oh, uh, yeah, let's yeah. just let's just pretend Last Jedi didn't happen. Okay. That's now, basically the, what happened. <laughs> let, let's, let's pretend Last Jedi didn't happen. Hey, we were setting it up for the Emperor the whole time. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's exactly what you were doing the whole time. Okay. All right. But anyway, now we get the Mandalorian. And I really liked the first season. I thought the first season was cool. And for a, a casual fan like me who knows some of the lore, but isn't as in deeply invested in it as like hardcore Star Wars fans... What I liked about the show was that it was in this universe, in this world, and this show was able to expand it to different parts of the galaxy than we've ever seen before. And you didn't really see too much connection to the other movies. And I liked that. I liked that this show was able right. to kind of live on its own and breathe uh, in this universe. And listen, when you when you do a show like this in an established universe like this, you're going to see familiar things. 
but there's a difference between just blatant member berries and merely, hey, he lives in this universe. You know, you're going to see familiar things. And that's what I felt this show did well, is that it is it, you have the established world, but you don't have to rely on that world. Like if you knew nothing about Star Wars, you could watch the first season of The Mandalorian and you'd still really like it. You'd still really get into that story. You know what I mean? You didn't need to know any of the other stuff. Yeah, and, no, I go ahead. Go ahead, Mike. No, go, go ahead. No, no, go, no, no, go, no. Go. You go ahead. You go ahead. Say what you want to say. No, no, I, I, I was just going to pick up on that. I think, mm-hmm. I think it's they, they, you know, I was talking to my uncle today because he's a big Star Wars fan, and and mm-hmm. you know, after after every episode, you know, I would text him, and then he would text me, and then he would call me when he finished watching it because I would usually watch it first. And he called me today, and I told him, I said, you know, it's almost like Dave Filoni and John Favreau are like following the George Lucas model after, after him making the prequels you know george lucas did actually the prequels and then everybody hungered for after the prequels like you know after the the sequel trilogy they actually wanted him to make seven eight nine sure but he said no no i'm i'm basically gonna do clone wars and he and he did clone wars and he did the times in like you know he did the times between two and three and he wanted to tell different stories. Yeah. And I think, and I think when actually, and then Disney kind of followed that with Rebels a little bit, which I really like. But um, John Favreau kind of said, "Let's kind of do that again." And I think that's sort of that's sort of what exact that's sort of what actually what actually the Mandalorian is. It's a casual fan who doesn't even know Star Wars can watch it, but somebody who really likes Star Wars can pick up on the characters. And go, oh, that's actually the backstory. I actually know that person. I actually know that person. Because season one was a very clone, clone wars centric. If if you wanted to pick up on it. This this season was very rebels minded. Like there was a lot of characters from Rebels. Well, but if I if, if you, I can ask, what do you mean by the first season is very clone wars oriented? What do you mean by that? So so the first season was talking, was sort of introducing the mandalorian it was it was it was introducing who exactly they were what like his backstory was you kind of you you kind of understood who he was how sort of how sort of he was brought in to the clan um you realize with and then clone wars kind of looks in looks in to act to act to the battle of mandalore because that's Mm -hmm. actually that's actually the battle that the, yeah, the yeah, quote yeah, unquote yeah. republic and you know the empire were fighting until the empire killed all of basically the jedi so before order 666 that's actually the planet that they were going to invade um okay. and you know once you realize that he was a mandalorian there was a lot of clone wars like you know, the series, the Clone Wars, there was a lot of callbacks to that. There was oh. a lot of Mandalorian. There was a lot of characters. There was a lot of like the ways like like uh, Mando when you know how Mando doesn't take take off his uh, mask. Right. Yeah. That's a sect of uh, that. That's a clan called Death Watch. They're very heavy, heavy Mandalorians where they don't even take off their masks because they feel like, 
you know, that's sort of like the way. And other Mandalorians like Hokatan. Well, yeah, well, she's the one who had their little Yeah, she's yeah, the one who had she, mentioned that whole thing this season, actually. Yeah. She's she's a little bit more moderate. Mm-hmm. Where her sister was totally non-Mandalorian. She was she was actually trying well, she was a Mandalorian, but she was trying to get them to be more peaceful. Gotcha. Gotcha. So it's it's like a lot of stuff going on, <laughs> which is cool. Mm-hmm. But see, everything you said, like if there were callbacks to Clone Wars in season one, they went over my head. But that's what the show did good. Like it pandered more. You know, you could watch it if you were a casual fan. But if you were an invested fan of the franchise, you'd watch it and you'd know those things. So you got a little pop off of that. And you still got the pop just for watching it because it was a really good show. So that kind of brings us to this season. And of course, whenever you have something as adorable as Baby Yoda and you know you're going to get a lot of people. Uh, you're going to get a lot of eyes on you one way or another there. So then we go to this season. And we'll talk a little more in detail about season two uh, because the whole crux of this season is Mando Din Jaren, I believe is his real name. Um, he's trying to bring Baby Yoda to the Jedi's trying to find the Jedi. So the whole season revolves around him trying to, at first he's got to find more Mandalorians like himself who may be able to lead him to Jedi's. He meets Bo-Katan. And I tell you one thing that I thought would was, was kind of funny and it became almost a trope of this show. You got to go over here. Now you got to do this thing to get you there. So Bo-Katan, Bo-Katan says, you got to find a Sokatano. He does the one little side mission first, and then then the episode goes uh, in the episode in between, and then he finds Ahsoka Tano. Ahsoka Tano says, you got to bring him to this place, put him on a seeing stone. So you got the one episode in between, and then he goes to the stone. So, okay, fine. I could see people getting a little annoyed by that in later seasons, but I I like that. It makes it a little more serialized that way. Um so, and this season had a lot of good moments and everything. You brought up Bo-Katan, played by Katie Sackhoff. She was she was great and everything. Right. And I, li- I like Katie, Katie Sackhoff. Uh, I never watched Battlestar Galactica, but uh, I know who Katie Sackhoff is, obviously. so She voiced the character in uh, Rebels and Clone Wars, too. Glad you brought that it's... up. Yes, absolutely. And then you got Ahsoka Tana, a very divisive character among diehard Star Wars fans from, my, from what I know. You either really like her or you really can't stand her is everything I've gotten about Ahsoka Tano. And she was played in live action by Rosario Dawson. And I love Rosario Dawson in whatever she is in. Like Rosario Dawson is phenomenal to me. All the Marvel shows she's great in. Loved her in Clerks too. Uh, Sin City, she's fantastic in. And, you know, just uh, so on and so forth. She's the geek queen. God love her and everything. Um, I was kind of underwhelmed based on all the hype I had for Ahsoka Tano. <laughs> like Rosario Dawson's great and everything. But just like I, I, I thought it was just okay. I didn't think it was anything special. Um, but I love that she's the one who named, uh, gave Baby Yoda his real name, Groku. So we got Groku, Groku. now. And yeah. then the episode leading up to the, uh, well, I should say, you know, the episode with the Seeing Stone brings back Boba Fett. And I got to be honest, I never really gave a shit about Boba Fett. Like this whole oh. man. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm Mike, sorry. That's my- <laughs> yeah, I've never, I've never cared about Boba Fett. And listen, I mean, this whole Mandalorian thing. 
from what I know, started out as an idea they were going to give Boba Fett his own movie. And then they decided not to do it. They were going to do something maybe maybe about bounty hunters and he'd be a side character. And then this Mandalorian idea comes out. And well, the extra scene kind of showed it, right? The extra scene kind of previewed it. Oh, that's not what I'm talking about. No, I'm, I'm talking about like when Disney films first, uh, when Disney first bought Lucasfilms. Right. One of the spinoff movies, like it was going to be, um, what was it? Rogue One. But um, Han Solo and Boba Fett was originally supposed to get his own movie. It was supposed to be directed right. by Josh Trank. Then that fell through after everything that Josh Trank went through on the Fantastic Four reboot. So they kind of retooled the idea. Maybe we don't do Boba Fett. Maybe we just do a bounty hunter thing. And then it kind of more and then it, more or less it morphed into what we're seeing with the Mandalorian. Right. So, but I was always fine with Boba Fett not having his own thing. Like, honestly, it was just like, okay, people really like him. All right, fine. He, he died in a Sarlacc pit. He got eaten by a monster. All right, fine. It is what it is there. Um, but he showed back up. They teased him in the season premiere. Shows back up in episode six, I believe it was. Six, and yep. He had some badass fight scenes. I'll say that. Like, honestly, this episode, this season has some really good fight scenes. And, but I thought the ones with Boba Fett were really good. And I just remember thinking, man, these fight scenes are insane in this episode. Why are these fight scenes so good? And then I saw who directed the episode. Robert Rodriguez directed the episode. And as soon as I saw that, yep. that's why these fight scenes were so badass. Planet Terror fame. Planet <laughs> Planet Terror, all the mariachi movies with Antonio Banderas, all that stuff. And I think he was also from one of the Dust Till Dawn. From Dust Till Dawn. And he was one of the yep. directors on Sin City, if I'm not mistaken. Like he was the director he, on Sin City. Yeah. He did. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's yeah. true. Yep. So, of course, if he's going to be in it, there's going to be some badass fight scenes. And I'll say this I think my favorite episode this season was probably last week's episode with Bill Burr's character coming back. I don't know how you felt. He was about great. That. He was I, great. I don't I don't know how you felt about this. At the beginning of the episode, he was kind of annoying me a little bit with all the goddamn wisecracks. Like by yeah. the fifth one, I was just like, dude, we get it. He's a comedian in Star Wars. We get it. We got it. And then there was the scene at the, the table where he confronts his former commander. That was a really good scene, man. That was really good. So I was kind of into it after that. And then he blows up, blows up the thing. And he looks at Mando. We all need to sleep at night. Yep. He was fantastic. He, he was very, he kind of, he kind of redeemed himself because I think, I think I read somewhere that he never really liked Star Wars and he used to always make fun of Star Wars. Yeah. In his uh, stand up. That's why they but wanted him. Though. Yes. That's why yeah, they that's wanted true. him though. Favreau wanted him for that particular yep. reason. Yep. Yeah. And yeah, and he was great. He was great in season one, and he was great in season two. Um, yeah. But um, you know, I, I thought this season was was better than season one. Even even though I like both seasons, I like how they're tying in the shows rather than the movies. Mm. Um, I I I will disagree with you a little bit. I love see. I love. I'm a bit. I am a big, 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 I am a big, big, big uh, Sokotana fan. Okay. So it was really cool to see Dave Filoni direct that mm. episode because since he imagined her, he he obviously wanted to be the first one to 
well, director and live action. That part is cool. I like I do know that story that he's the one that created her. So he gets the director and live action that that's pretty cool. I like that. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I I did like her, you know, and I think you only got a little you only got one episode of her because I think there was a line in it where she was fighting. She, she was fighting the woman. I forgot her name. But, um, you know, the best line of that episode, and it's probably one of the best episodes of the season when when she goes, where where is your boss? Where is General Thrawn? And me being a big fan of the of, you know, the whole thing, I that I I literally jumped out of my chair when I (laughs) heard that because General Thrawn is in Rebels. He is the chief enemy in rebels well and that's that's who they're fighting i'm sure i'm sure you know like again i know certain things of the backstory it's grand admiral thawne yeah that's that's number one thrawne is kind of a legacy character in his own right because he's from the star wars expanded universe that lucasfilm kind of threw out when they were bought by disney he's one of the only characters that was brought in from that extended universe so the um them bringing him in yeah okay uh when she said thrawn's name i was kind of surprised to hear that myself um but i i will say one thing i liked this season too what i didn't really like and i don't know if i could say i didn't really like about it because i i liked i liked this season i thought it was good there was if anything gave me pause the heart of this show is the mandalorian and baby yoda and the fact that, and like, like I said originally, what I thought made this show work so well is that you kept it on the periphery and you didn't feel like you had to put in references to other things that weren't organic. Now right. this season, we're bringing in Bo-Katan. Now we're bringing in Ahsoka Tano. Now we're trying to tie the rest of the universe to it. We're setting up the idea that they take, that they kidnap baby Yoda because they need his blood and that's probably got something to do with the whole cloning and uh, Snoke and uh, that's and, the theory, uh, yeah. and uh, Palpatine and all that yep. stuff. I get that you would use the Mandalorian to make the sequel movies make sense because I get the idea. Hey, they really like this Mandalorian. They really didn't like those pre- those uh, sequel movies. We should probably do something to try to make them like the sequel movies by using this show. I get that. I understand that, but I, I don't know. I, as a whole, I liked it when it was more of a simple story and I liked it when there weren't as many direct references to other star Wars things. I, I, I liked that. And I'm not saying I didn't like it because Bo-Katan was cool. Sasha Banks is one of the, um, as one of the Mandalorians fighting with Bo-Katan. I liked that. You know, that was cool and everything. She didn't have a lot to do, but I I thought it was cool seeing Sasha Banks and that. Again, I like Rosario Dawson and all that stuff. So I didn't necessarily have a problem with it. It just gave me a little pause for concern. So that'll bring us to the, the season finale. That'll bring us to the season finale here. And I tell you what, I've done a lot of the talking so far. You're the one who texted me about what I thought about the Mandalorian. I want to hear what you thought about this season finale. So let's hear your thoughts on the season finale. So I thought the episode opened up great. It was, it was, 
it was a shocking, you know, you know, sort of open where he goes to Hokuten and Shasha Banks and basically says, I, you know, need you. Um, you know, they actually help the kid. We got to rescue the kid. And then it just, and then it just shows them going up to Moff Gideon's plane and um, them breaking in was really cool. Um, and it's just, it, it, I think it's, I, I, I think what's interesting about this season was, you know, when sort of we meet Mando, he's very set in his ways. He's Death Watch. He's, he's, he's playing this Death Watch kind of Mandalorian. And he's not really supposed to be very human. He's just supposed to be very like, I'm a bounty hunter. And then this little child comes into his life and he starts sort of breaking away, sort of making things, there's, there's things that are more important than just his way. You know, there are ways where you like to change. And I like the whole, I like the buildup. Um, what was I expecting it to be Luke Skywalker? Um, no, I thought it was, I thought, I thought it was going to be a Jedi. I didn't necessarily think they were going to use Luke. Um, and I, it, it was, it was exciting. It was fun. It was really fun to see. I didn't think they were going to go that way. Mm. Um, but I, but I think what made it worthwhile was, you know, the way they really hurt Luke in last Jedi where they made him. And, and that's where I'm going to be. That's where I'm going to disagree with you a little bit. Luke was always the hero. Luke was always the one who was different from his father. He was different. He was different from Darth Vader. He's like, I need to rescue my friends. And Yoda says, don't even think about your friends. It's not about your friends. It's really about you and you need to save the universe. And he's like, no, I got to save my friends. And, and, and that's when Ryan Johnson turned Luke Skywalker into this hermit who just gives up. Luke wouldn't give up. So when I saw this Jedi come in and just destroy all those dark troopers that Mando had trouble with one and, and he just went to town on all of them and looked up to res to rescue this child. Um, it was it was really fun seeing Luke in that mode. It was very Darth Vader Rogue One uh, type of thing. You know, you remember oh, the last sure, scene sure. in Rogue Absol One? Absolutely. Darth, yeah. Like it was it was it was, you know, it it was what it was what the diehard fans wanted wanted to see Luke do in episode eight. We wanted him with that, you know, the green lightsaber. We wanted him, we actually wanted him to be that superhuman god, you know, that you know the EU has made him into, like this really strong Jedi. And we didn't get that. And I I mean, I don't want to read John Favreau and Dave Filoni's minds, but they created that. That could only tell you what they're thinking of what episode eight did to Luke. And I think that's a direct repudiation of what they think how Luke was treated. Uh, well, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna argue with you on that one. Um, but I mean, listen, I don't. I feel like if I if I die on a hill for Last Jedi, I'm just <laughs> I'm just I'm just not I'm not in good shape here. But listen, my whole thing. I get what you're saying about the hero, and the, but I feel like that's more of a fantasy. And I like that he tried to put something real in it because depression and anxiety and all that crap. That's all real stuff. 
So the idea that you're responsible for the rise of the new Darth Vader. So you go into hiding almost. You become this hermit and you don't feel like you could ever do it again. Those are real emotions that people go through. So I get So that's what kind of resonated with me on that one. But I get what you're talking about. Listen, the the fight scene with Luke Skywalker when he comes in right. the Mandalorian. That, that I'm not going to stand here and be like that wasn't badass. And you're right, definitely shades of Vader and Rogue One. Absolutely, I didn't think it was going to be Luke Skywalker either. Truthfully, like I had no idea what to think when the X-wing came in. I was just like, I like I didn't put it together that that was going to be the Jedi. And when it did, when he stepped out at first, I was just like, what is Ahsoka Tano back? Cause I kind of thought Ahsoka Tano would have been in this episode. Truthfully. That would have been cool too. Yeah. That actually would have been cool. I mean, it would have tr- been like, yeah, I, I'm sorry to cut you off. I was just gonna say, I kind of thought it was going to be something like Moff Gideon was working for Thrawn. So like, it made sense that we saw Bo-Katan, but I thought we were seeing Ahsoka Tano too. And she would have been like, I find out he's working for Thrawn. We both need to kill this guy and figure out what's going. I thought it was going to be something like that. And then a couple seconds into the fight scene, when I realize it's him, I start looking at the hands. I start trying to, I start trying to follow the hands. Does he not have his right hand? Does his right hand have a glove on it? Oh God, it has a good, wow. It's Luke. Okay. Well, when I saw the green lightsaber, I kind of, you kind of knew. Well, that's what made me, because, that's what made me start yeah. looking for the hand. Cause yeah, no, yeah. you see the green lightsaber. It's just like, Oh God, this really look. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also, also knowing, knowing that this person was in the Jedi cloak, even before seeing his name, right. Ahsoka Tana is not a Jedi. Well, right, technically. right, right. Yeah, 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 absolutely. She left it. I know. I know that. Part. She left it. And plus she has white lightsabers. So yeah, yeah, yeah. who who would this person be if if facing not Luke? I was thinking maybe Ezra Bridger from from uh, from Rebels uh, because he got sucked in with Thrawn in the last episode. But that's a whole nother issue. Well, yeah, they but don't I know, think they don't know if he's dead or not. Right. They don't know if he's dead, but the last scene of Rebels in the last episode, which I would recommend everybody see because it would really make this season two um, worthwhile. You would get it a lot more. And also mm. the and and also two episodes in season two where Sabine gives actually the Darth Sa- uh, the the uh, the black saber to Okatan. You would get this season even more because um, that's why I like the callbacks to rebels it's really cool sure. um i think what's i i think what's going on here is that you 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 kind of you kind of see that they're moving mando away from the child like this is this is one story we've now finished this story that you know grogu is now with um luke skywalker and there's even now a funny rumor there's like a funny rumor that all of the den of nerds are are saying because i was listening to the, to the den of nerds um that um, Grogu recognized R2-D2 because Grogu was in the uh, Coruscant training as a Jedi. Right, okay. And R2-D2, no, like, it was kind of a weird scene. Like, you saw that. Like, R2 saw him. That makes sense. Grogu said something to him and then R2-D2 went nuts. You remember how he went nuts? 
Yeah, I didn't put that together until you said it, but I know what you're talking about now. Yeah. Yeah. So it's 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 interesting what they're doing. And then you could kind of see, and this is just my opinion. I think this is where season three goes. Now that basically the child is is basically with Luke Skywalker. Now Mando, who has actually the Dart Saber, he's technically in line for the throne for Mandalore. Um, that, that's gonna be interesting how him and Hokatan figure that out. Um, because technically he, whoever basically owns this dark saber is technically basically the leader of Mandalore. I think season three is going to be back where they go back to Mandalore and they're, and they're going to try to settle that planet again to bring back all of actually the Mandalorians. Well, uh, that would be interesting. I'll say that, but I, I want to see, here's my thing as far as Luke being in the episode, um, Again, I'm always I with this show, I've always kind of had a little pause when they try to tie it into the larger universe. So I didn't need it to be Luke to be happy with the episode. The fact that it was him again, great fight scene and everything. Great to see him cut loose like that. And you're right. That is what excuse me. That's what everybody wanted from the sequel trilogy. Originally, that's what they all wanted to see from Luke. So the fact that they got that. Congratulations. That's awesome and everything. I wonder if it's a little I wonder if it's a little too little too late though, all things considered on that. And here's the thing. Grogu goes with Luke. If we follow the sequel trilogy, you know what happens in Luke's reformed temple. Does that mean Grogu is now destined to die in a fire when Kylo Ren lights the temple up? I kind of hope not. But it's that, a possibility. Uh, that, it's yeah, a possibility. yeah, that would be a horrible way for Groku's story to end. And again, like the heart of the show was Mando and Groku. So I uh, like the scene where Groku and the Mandalorian are saying goodbye to each other. That was that was very touching to see. And the fact that he wanted his permission to go with him. And Luke even says that I have to say this though. I don't know what the hell it is with star Wars. When you, 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 you're owned by the same company as Marvel and you can't get your fucking CGI shit together. Like <laughs> seriously, seriously. Okay. It looked the, the, the CGI Luke looked better than grand Mark Tarkin. It looked better than, um, um, Carrie. Fisher. Yeah. It looked better yeah. than princess. Like, but for the love of God, why is it when Star Wars does CGI, it looks, you can tell Uncanny Valley whole thing. It's like you're hanging out with Henry Cavill with the mustache and everything. And when Marvel does it, it looks freaking perfect. And oh, by the way, you got Sebastian Stan. You know, you have Sebastian Stan's number. You can call him. Everybody wants to see him be a younger Luke anyway. Why not just let Sebastian Stan be Luke? Why are you so insistent on doing the CGI shit? Because I think I I think they wanted to do right by Luke Skywalker and Mark. Sure, but do you really think doing right by him is making him look like a a clear computer program? I I think you know that threw me off a little bit. It's like I I and you knew it was coming. Because they did the pan up and everything. I'm just like, oh, yeah. God. Oh, God. They did. Please let it be Sebastian Stan. They did the CGI, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, they did the CGI. Fuck. Oh, I think God. it was a couple of minutes. I, I think it was a couple of minutes, especially after the fight scene. Everybody was on a high. 
And I don't, I really don't think you're going to see Luke anymore in this series. I think this was, I, I think Luke was just here for one, for one kind of scene. Oh, sure, just, sure. Just, just, just to, and then now basically this is now going to be another story where mm. Mando, in order for Mando to lead, in order, in order for Mando to be the leader of Mandalore, he sort of, he sort of had to get out of this radical death watch mindset and, and, and the child brought him to be more human, to 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 bring more leadership qualities. Sure, and I think sure. that's I think that's basically the story they're they're gonna move on to. And this whole, I mean, we all watched the investor um videos. Yeah, Disney investor all seen, day. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we've all seen the new Star Wars shows. We've all seen that what this show is doing, it's connecting different things, you know, the uh the um um you know, Ahsoka Tana is going to have her own show. You know, when she used Grad Admiral Thrawn, you know, they're going to be connecting to Ezra Bridger. They're going to tell his story. They're going to find him. Maybe mm-hmm. Sabine will be in that story. There's a there's a show called, um, correct uh, me if I'm wrong, Mike, uh, Grand Officers. Grand I, Officers. Oh, or God, I know the one you're high, talking about. High Officers of the Republic. Well, that one—that's—that's that's not called that. I know what you're talking about. That's, that's well, it's about you know who's going to be in that. Who's going to be in that? Um, 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 the UFC fighter. That. Oh uh, no! What's Jared, her name? They, they, I think we're talking about two different things. Um, where is it? Where is it? Now I gotta. Now I gotta find this. Hang on a second. Now the High Republic is different than what you're talking about. Um, the High Republic one is like thousands of years before the trilogy. Um, where is it? Where is it? Um, I gotta, I gotta find this. Hang on. Oh, uh, Star Wars Rangers of like the New Republic. Rangers of the New Republic. Yes, that's the one that Gina Carone is going to be Cara Dune in that. And now there's a rumor that Katie Sakoff's going to be in her, in there with her. Well, and I also heard. Um, and first of all, um, I don't like. I know Gina Carano says some fucked up shit on Twitter. Apparently. Gina Carano is amazing in this show. Like, I really like her. Like, every episode she's, she's been in, I thought she's fantastic. Well, um, it's believable, you know? Oh, it's, yeah. It's, it's actually believable. Her, she's tough. She could kick anybody's ass. Katie Sackhoff for the last 20 years has been in all these sci-fi movies. Mm. She could kick anybody's ass. So it's like, it's believable. And I also, and I also heard um, Ming-Na Wen. Who played? Uh, she was Fennec. great too. Yeah, Ooh, she was great Ming too. Ming is another one who is fantastic in anything she is. She was, I like. I'm one of the few people who who really liked ER. Who, well, I never saw ER, but Street Fighter. I really liked Street, oh, Fighter, Street Fighter when I was a kid. I know a lot of people do not like that movie, and some people like it as a guilty pleasure. Nah, man, I always liked that movie. The movie came yeah. out as a sixth grade. I liked it. I liked her, and I was a fan of Agents of Shield for the entirety of its run. And um, uncle was telling me that. Yep. Yeah. She's uh, she's fantastic in that. Ming-Na Wen. So she and now she's going to be and now she's going to be in like the Bubba Fett uh, show. Well, I mean, let's let's go. Let's go to that one for a second here, because, yeah, (laughs) after the after the episode, we get the post credit scene where Boba Fett takes down Big Fortuna and Jabba the Hutt's old lair. And now he's the head of the crime syndicate. And it cuts out saying the book of Boba Fett coming in 2021. And here's my question. And here's what kind of worries me. 
is it a spinoff or is it no longer the Mandalorian anymore? And that's where we're going next season. What do you mean? It's no longer the Mandalorian. Meaning the Mandalorian becomes the book of Boba Fett and uh, the Mandalorian is no longer the main character. Now Boba Fett's the main character. Um, no, I mean, Boba Fett, the book of Boba Fett's, it's going to be its own show. I think, I think it's going to be a show on Tatooine. Um, it's going to show how he becomes the head of the crime syndicate. I mean, Jabba the Hutt got killed in Return of the Jedi. So it's going to be Boba Fett taking over that syndicate, telling that sort of story, telling how, telling how Tatooine's going to function in this new Republic kind of way. And I think Mandalorian season three is going to be on Mandalore. It's going to be elsewhere. So I think, I think you're going to have a lot of different shows on a lot of different planets interacting with each other because looking at even uh, uh, looking at even Hokuten, she could be on Mandalore and she could be in the Mandalorian on one episode, but then she could be with Gina Carana on the Grand Officer show. Can so I say? I just, can I say one thing real quick? Yeah, I think it's funny, and I'm okay with the fact that they did this, but yeah. let's call this what this is. Okay, so when you first see Bo-Katan, it's her, it's Sasha Banks, and they have a guy with them, and then in this episode, there is no guy. And we know this, we know they did this because they wanted the one scene where you just had the women fighting everybody. Right. And I'm okay with right. the fact that they did this. I'm okay with it. You got four badass women. Yes, highlight them, show them, do what you want. But we know you had a guy with you at some point. Now all of a sudden he's not there. We know what the fuck you're doing. We know what you're doing here. This is a conscious, yeah. this, this is a conscious decision right here. It's not, oh, the guy's in the bathroom, so you missed the whole thing. No. No, we know what you're doing here. It's fine. It's fine. It served the purpose. It was good and everything. Let's call it what it is, though. I'm sorry, David. No, I, I, I don't. I, I, I understand what you're saying, and <laughs> but, but, but I think what makes this different is that it's believable. You have four women who are pretty big, pretty tough, and and it's believable that. Sasha Banks and Katie Sackoff and Jita Carano, they could, they, if they tried, they would probably beat me up in about two minutes. Yeah. I mean, so even, I, I, I mean, I, Sasha I, Banks, like four <laughs> foot nothing, but yeah, no, she, she kicked yeah. my ass too. The, the, the only question I have is that when we met, when we saw, when, when actually we were introduced to Bo-Katan and, and like her two assistants there, um, there was a Jedi like figure who we never met. Uh, no, I'm pretty sure that was Sasha Banks in a robe. Really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was just Sasha Banks in a robe. But that was strange because she was just standing alone without... Yeah, no, I'm telling you, that was anybody. Sasha, that was Sasha that Banks was Sasha in a robe. That was Sasha Banks. Yeah, that okay. was Sasha Banks in a robe. Okay. That yeah. was that was weird then. That was weird that she was just standing there you're in talking like a the Jedi one that was, type you, robe. You're talking the one that was on all the trailers and everything, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that was like that a, was that, yeah. That, yeah, that was definitely just Sasha Banks in a robe. That was Sasha Banks in a robe. Okay, yeah. all right. No, I wasn't. Yeah. I, I wasn't sure because they never really ended that loop. But if that's Sasha Banks, then that's yeah. All right, cool. Yeah, yeah. no, that's all that was. That's all that was. But I feel like I feel like you were saying something before I brought us down this path. What were you saying? 
Um, no, I was just saying, I, I was just saying that you're going to have all these shows. They're all going to be, you know, they're all going to have independent type events. They're all going to have their own stories and different characters are, could possibly be interchanging. Uh, it's very similar to Rose, Rosario Dawson in uh, many of the Marvel Netflix shows. Uh, you know, she was in she was in many of those shows, even though she's playing the same character. It's possible that you just might have that more now in the next couple of years. Well, I guess that's possible. And I see what you mean on that. But I don't know. I just think. Like I said, I liked it better when it was a smaller, more contained story and you didn't try to connect it to the other universe, uh, to the larger universe at play there. And I do feel like part of the reason why they did so much to connect it to other shows, like, listen, I get it. It's a business. Something's working well. You want to make other things that work well out of it. I get that and everything. But I also feel part of this is Kathleen Kennedy saying, listen, everything I've done with Star Wars is completely fucked up. You guys seem to know what you're doing here. So we're going to we're going to connect some of these movies to what you're doing. And we want you to connect this and we want you to spin out a couple of these things right here, because whatever you're doing, we need you to save Star Wars. So we have to we have to remind people that that Star Wars is a whole universe and we have all these other things. And can you help us fix the sequel movies, please? I I I actually think I agree with you 100 percent. I actually think you're giving Kathleen Kennedy too much credit. I think what Kathleen Kennedy should do be should really be doing right now is approving every everything that John Favreau and Dave Filoni want to do mm. and just sign and just basically sign the checks. Well, you're not wrong. She you're, should she yeah, should not, not be giving wrong. any ideas. I just mean, let listen, them run it. <laughs> this has been said so many times. What's the difference between Kathleen Kennedy and Kevin Feige? Kevin Feige is a person who understands the characters and the world that he has created and he understands how to world build how to tie things into other things but make it look organic and not have a he has a plan he has a plan now his plan probably has never been as set in stone as people would like to think it was but the fact that he is that adaptable to make changes to the plan while sticking with the overarching theme, yep. Kathleen Kennedy's never been able to do it. Everything's just a dollar sign. No, she trusted Ryan Johnson, and and it went haywire. It well, went, it went haywire. I think you're giving. I, I think you're putting too much on Ryan Johnson here. She trusted Ryan Johnson. There should have been an overarching plan for those three movies before you get to the part where you trust Ryan Johnson. Ryan Johnson well, doesn't well, do that if yeah. there is an overarching plan for the trilogy. Well, there was well, no plan. J.J. Abrams did give Ryan Johnson a 13 or 14 page outline of where to go. And my understanding of what I've read is that Ryan Johnson kind of threw it in the garbage. Well, see, that's, and said, I'm going to I'm basically going to do my own. And well, I, see, was, that's I was on Kathleen Kennedy to be like, nah, motherfucker, this is where we're going with this. If yeah. you want to do this, you need to be able to do you could do your and, own thing, but you need to end up here. Yeah, I mean, and, and there was um, I mean, I don't know how true this is, but somebody made a video and apparently they they might have gotten this work, this script that was going to be episode eight and what JJ kind of worked on and said, here, Ryan, you make it your own, but this is what I was going for when I made seven and Ryan Johnson threw it out. And 
um, there, there, there's a thing, and, and this is out there. The end of episode seven, when Ray went to go bring the lightsaber to Luke, right? The original ending was, was the same, but when Ray went to go to Luke, Luke was using the force to balance rocks. And when, and when they were filming that, Ryan Johnson came to, to see, because it was going to pick up right from that scene. Ryan Johnson showed Abrams, do you mind if you cut that out? I don't want Luke using the force. And that all makes sense because Luke didn't really use the force in eight. Well, I mean, to go one further, I know Colin Trevorrow was supposed to direct episode nine and he had his own treatment and everything. And I know Robert Meyer Burnett online had gotten a copy of this. I saw that too. Yeah. yeah. Cause he he's connected with all that stuff. And I know a lot of people felt like his episode nine would have been a lot better than what we wound up seeing. But I'm also sure that episode nine was probably connected to whatever the story was originally supposed to be. But I still say you as the studio head, if you know that the guy you've directed and you have this overarching plan and you bring this guy in and you know, this guy doesn't want to do it. How many times do you see Marvel change directors? Because, you know, they can respect the director. They can like the director. But you're playing in our sandbox here. If you're playing in our sandbox, you have to play by your rules and you have to end up where we need you to end up. Otherwise, we're going to get someone else who can. They just did it with the uh, the new Doctor Strange movie that's going to be coming out. Scott Derrickson. Saw that. Yeah, yeah Scott that. Derrickson, the guy who directed the first movie. I guess he wanted to do something a little different than what Feige wanted. So he's out and Sam Raimi's in. And we've seen it with um, Ant-Man. It was originally supposed to be Edgar Wright. Then it was uh, Peyton Reed. The only real misstep they had with directors was going from Patty Jenkins to Alan Taylor and Thor to Dark World. It's the only one. Any other time yeah. they've done it, it wound up working out really well. And Ant-Man's one of my favorite Marvel movies. So... Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I, I think the problem is, is that I, I just think the problem is, is that Ryan Johnson, whatever he pitched them, I think she just took hook, hook, line and sinker. I mean, just look at even before episode came out, Kathleen Kennedy gave him his own trilogy to film. And yeah, after they, episode he, eight happened. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say, yeah, but he, all, she also gave the, uh, the game of Thrones guys, their own prequels, uh, prequel uh their own trilogy too and it doesn't look like that's ever going to see the light of day either so they're gone yeah they're yeah. gone they actually got fired from it so it's just it's just a lot of a lot a lot of missteps and they they got something that works so just let them just let john favreau do what he does <laughs> well listen that sentiment i agree with and i feel like if you try to put too much on this show and you try to do too many things with it i feel like um the romance, the novelty of it, I, I do feel like you run a risk of destroying that by making it bigger than it really should be. And I, I think what drew a lot of people to it was the smaller story. Um, now, again, I, you know, what they did this season worked well, but, I, you know, you see it with shows all the time. You start out with this very simple story. And then you try to expand it to all these different characters and you have all these different storylines going on. And by the fifth or sixth season, it doesn't even resemble what you liked about it at first. So right. that's the worry with me, too. And, you know, listen, I have a fear that the Boba Fett thing is not 
a spinoff. It is what they are going to do with the third season of Mandalorian. That's my fear. Now, I hope you're right. But what I could also see them doing and sticking with what you're right is now you got three storylines. You got wherever the Mandalorian goes. Does that lead to Mandalore, Darksaber, Bo-Katan, all that stuff? You have that. You can follow Groku in his Jedi training. And you have Boba Fett. And maybe the book of Boba Fett isn't a spinoff. It isn't the third season of Mandalorian. But maybe it's a big part of the third season of Mandalorian. I just wonder if they do it that way. Do you run the risk of trying to do too much with this great show? I think you could. Yeah. I, I mean, look, too much, too much fan. What do they call that? Fan, fan service. Fiction. Fan service. Fan service. Too much fan service is not good. I mean, episode nine had that. There was a lot of fan service because they were they were they were trying to turn they were trying to get this big uh, uh, ship out of a ditch, um, so they just threw fan <laughs> fan, fan service at it. Yeah. Um, no, you you could you could, but but I think I think with the number of shows that, that they that they're developing, they're going to be able to stra- stra- strategically put characters in all of these shows i would i would agree with you a little bit more if there was no shows and there was just going to be this one show and they had to bring in all rebels and clone wars and us and uh sokatana yeah then it gets then it gets a little too much but if but if you've noticed in this season there was a healthy balance uh sokatana got one episode sure hokatan got an episode and a half um, and you could see, you know, that they're trying to develop new shows. So I could see people moving on to new shows and then, and then they'll be able to basically tell different stories. I mean, it could be that in season three, the Mandalorian is trying to take over Mandalore with, with Hokuten. Maybe Sabine comes into the second of last season. Maybe Luke shows up with Roku. No more CGI, please. No more, no more CGI. I I mean, yeah, no, probably not. But I'm saying, like, I think that's how they'll introduce characters. They won't do it a lot. They'll do it in like the last scene. They'll do it in like the last episode. And they'll, I really think John Favreau will make it work. Mm. He really hasn't given us any um, reason to not trust him. I just, I just, I just don't. Well, first of all, Favreau's done really good. Everything you've said about Dave Filoni. I mean, Dave Filoni kind of studied under George Lucas and Lucas always oh, kind yeah. of saw him as his heir apparent. So I couldn't agree with you more that those two are the guys you need to listen to. And I know a lot of people kind of feel like Filoni should be the one running Lucasfilm, not Kathleen Kennedy. I know a lot of people feel that way. And but with this show, I don't really feel like either of them have done anything to dispel that. So there's that. But I, just, I, I don't understand how Marvel can make Michael Douglas looked like he did in the 80s. Kurt Russell can look like he did in the 70s. Yeah, you can't make, you can't like go to those guys. Hey, what are you doing? What are we doing wrong? Why does everything we do look terrible? Why? You're like, <laughs> you guys are in the same freaking company. I don't think it was that bad. I don't, I don't think, think it was I'm that bad. I'm probably exaggerating a little bit because listen, like <laughs> yeah. I said, it wasn't as bad as 
Grand Moff Tarkin. It wasn't as bad as um, Princess Leia. But it's like at this rate, you guys ain't going to master this stuff for another 10 years. I, I, I just think years and like I, uh, so much more uncanny valley to go with here. I, I just think when the fans saw the X-Wing and they saw this Jedi-like figure in the robe come out mm. and then they saw that only had one hand. If you notice, the other hand had a glove on it, which I just watched it again. And I saw that because Luke only has one hand and then saw that green lightsaber the fans hook, line, and sinker. Well, sure. They were me, hooked. Let me ask you a question, though. <clears throat> Would you have been just as hooked if you didn't see his face? Because I almost feel like if they didn't show his face, if they gave you a voice that actually sounded like Mark Hamill, and you got the yeah. outline and everything, but you don't have the face, you probably would have gotten uh, the same effect, wouldn't you? I, I would have been just as hooked. Um, and if you go back and watch it, they never said his name. No, they never said his his name. Yeah, and but probably but you just knew. Yeah. And what I guess if he would have said the name Bo Katan, fought Anakin, at some point during the, during the animated series, so she would have been the one like, wait a minute, what did you say your last name was? Yeah, yeah. It, it was it was probably better that they didn't. They left it like this is just a Jedi. Mm. Um. And Luke was, you know, Luke said, like, you know, he has powers, but in order for him to understand the force, he needs to come with me. But he's looking for your permission. Like they left it very vague. And because a lot of those people would have known who Luke was, like Gina Carano was from Holderon. Yeah, um, so she would have known and, the name. And she, yeah. she would have known the name. She fought, she fought in the Battle of Endor, I believe. Um, Something like that. They they've always said she was a drop trooper for the Republic. So yeah, absolutely. So she so she would have known. Um, maybe she didn't see Luke's face. Maybe she just knew the name. But I'm glad they left it vague. And if they wouldn't have showed his face, I think people would have known. I just think we we haven't seen that green saber since Episode Six, mm. and and we were craving to see it in Episode Eight, and we didn't. Yeah. And it was just it was just it was just I don't know. Oof. No, I get what you're I'm just saying. glad we finally saw it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I'll say this. Giancarlo Esposito played a great bad guy in Moff Gideon. Oh, I, yeah. Well, like, and to go back to what I love about the show, the relationship between Mando and um, and Groku. He's firing the blaster. He's shooting a Bo-Katan. He goes to shoot a Groku and freaking Mando just comes sliding in to save him. That's awesome. That That's was great. Cool. I liked that. Yeah, I like that. I see. I, I like the little moments a little better, though. But yeah, no, again, seeing Luke kill all those dark troopers and everything. That was that was pretty badass. I'm not even going to try to say that I didn't like that. No, I like that. that was and it was cool. a good setup. Yeah, and it was a good setup because Mando had trouble with one. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and Luke rips, rips them all to shred and then uses the force on basically the last one. Doesn't even touch the last one. Just, no, uses, just, just uses just the crushes, force to rip it apart. Crushes them like a soda can. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We uh, haven't seen that like ever. Uh, we haven't seen that ever. Yeah. All right. I tell you what, we're going to wrap this up. I mean, overall, it was it was very good. Second season, very good series finale. I feel like you liked it a little more than I did. I still thought it was very good. 
Uh, I, I don't know if I'd give this a 10 out of 10. It'd probably be like a seven or an eight out of 10, something like that. I saved those 10 out of 10s, man. I do. I do. Just because, you know, I think, I think it's Sopranos PTSD. <laughs> too many, too many Sopranos 10s out of 10s. And then you get disappointed by the final season, like too much, too much. So no, it's yeah. true. That's yeah. true. Mm. I would give it a nine. I, 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 I would have probably given it an, an eight. Season one, I'd give a seven. Season two, I would give an eight. Season um, one, I, I'd probably give a nine to season one. A nine? I yeah. mean, season two, I was going to say eight, but after seeing Luke in this last episode, I'm going to give it a nine. Mm. Um, and I'm looking forward to season three. And I'm really, I'm really looking forward to all these shows. Um, I think it's, I, I, I think they're moving in the right direction. They're moving away that. from what the sequel trilogy was, and they're moving to a good direction. So. I got the list right here. We got Andor based on Cassian Andor from Rogue One, which I got to be honest, like I'll probably watch this show. I could give less than a fuck about this show, though. Like I, I don't know why they're choosing to do this character. Honestly, like he was, he was okay. I didn't feel like. Well, he it's a more his... fan show. It's a more fan show because the fans well, really want. Sure, to but I just, yeah. I did not feel like we needed more of this character. So there's that. Uh, we could talk about the Obi Wan show that's now going to have Hayden Christensen in it, reprising his role, which I, I think is good. That the I given all the shit that guy got for the prequels and it's like he was not good in the prequels but the prequels not being good were not his fault so all the shit he got i like that people yeah. have been wanting him back in star wars i i like i like that now people are more um open to the idea of him being back so him being later yeah. i think that'll be pretty cool the acolytes is the show you were talking about set during the final days of the high republic so we have that the ahsoka tana tv show they're doing a TV show about Lando Calrissian. Another one, like, I like Lando Calrissian, but does he really need his own TV show? Well, yeah. th that's, that's going to probably, con that's probably going to continue the hunt, the solo movie. Okay. And, and, and you delve know, into that. that's another one for all the shit that movie took. I didn't think that guy was that bad as Han Solo. I, no, I, I I didn't mind the movie. I thought it was good. I thought the I, ending was cool. I listen, that movie was better than it had any right to be after all the problems behind the scenes that that <laughs> movie had. <laughs> that true, movie was true. so much better than it had any right to be. So, yeah, say that. True. And Rangers of the New Republic, we've already talked about that one. That so. one I, that one I'm looking forward to it. Caradoon. Though the one I'm looking forward to, it's not a TV show. They only announced a couple movies. The one with Patty Jenkins directing it uh, about the Rogue Squadron. That's going to be a movie or a show? No, that's going to be a movie. Patty Jenkins. A movie. The oh, yeah, the director, okay. the director of Wonder Woman, Patty Jenkins. She's going to direct right. it. Right. That's uh, between six and No, that's between four and five Rogue Squadron. I think you might have been right the first time. I think it's between six and seven. Six and I'm not a hundred percent though on that. Yeah, six and seven. I, I got now. You're making me look it up. All right, hang on a sec. Um, hang on a sec. I, I don't know. I the, the the little teaser that they did, um, showing uh, Patty Jenkins going to um. Well, it can't be six and seven because six is six is Return of the Jedi. Um, why why so could it be that? Cool, because I always thought Rogue Squadron was the the resistance. After six, it might as well just be the new Empire. Uh, the the uh, new 
the um, New Republic. Mm. Well, there's also uh, uh, the Bad Batch, which I guess is another animated show, which is spinning out of Rebels and Clone Wars. Clone and, Wars season and... seven, the Bad Batch. I, I, you need to do me a favor. You need to binge watch Clone Wars and Rebels. The uh, Bad Batch is seems cool. like a lot. Season oh, at least for Clone now, Wars. you know you watch need to, season seven. You know what you need to do. Um, they have this on Disney Plus now. Did you see the Lego Star Wars Holiday Special? I did. It was great. That was, was pretty great. good. That was Nancy pretty... and I were, were Nancy and I were laughing, laughing at the whole uh, show the whole time. I'm trying to find this thing. Hang on a sec. Where is it? Oh, it's just called Rogue Squadron. Um, uh, there's no details on this. I I don't know whether it comes after the. Um, I don't know whether it comes after four and five or six or seven. I don't know. It doesn't have it on Wikipedia, so I got nothing here. Yeah, it was a video game. I think like 15, yes. 20 years ago. It was called yes. Rogue Squadron. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, um, the Lego Christmas, uh, the Lego Holiday Special was pretty cute. I thought. Um, I'll tell you this, man. I didn't know that it wasn't. Um, uh, what's her name? Daisy Ridley. I really thought it was Daisy Ridley doing the voice for. Um, Ray, that was not her voice. That was a different voice actor. I didn't know that. I didn't know oh, that. Oh wow! Yeah, I had to look that up because I really thought it was her. But I Is everybody that. else the same? No, actually, um, it was different people. For well, listen, I don't think they're ever going to get John Boyega to do anything in Star Wars ever again, and I don't blame him for not wanting to do Star Wars ever again because the way they handled, the way they handled all the characters, I thought they did a bad job with those guys. Truthfully. Like you had yeah. so you had so much talent, you had so much promise with these guys, and you just completely screwed up their characters every step of the way. And like I, I ain't even talking about the racism and all that stuff. I'm just talking about the fact that you know you set these guys up pretty heavily in episode seven, and then nothing you did after that really paid off for any of them. And all the shit they all went through. Actually, I think the only one who was in the movies who came back for that holiday special was um uh kelly marie tran rose tika she was the only one and she has the most she has the most reason out of all of them never want to be never to never want to be associated with star wars ever again yeah i mean she it it was terrible she was probably my fit and i didn't even like episode eight but she was one of my favorite characters oh i did not like her character i did not like her character at all I thought, oh my god um yeah no i was not a fan especially the way that um Finn is trying to sacrifice himself, so she attacks him with her ship. Love will save us as the freaking Death Star Ray is cutting through and killing your friends. Love may save you. You're killing our friends here. I thought that was dumb, but at the end of the day, that's not her fault. That's the script. She didn't fault. write the script. Yeah. She didn't write, she didn't the, write script. the script. Yeah. yeah. That's not her fault. So everybody attacking her for it, making her leave social media and all that shit. That's fucking horrible. Yeah. I would blame Johnson. Yeah, I mean <laughs> that Johnson's one. I guess, I guess I guess you could blame Johnson. I would also <laughs> I would also blame Lucasfilm for not protecting your actors at all and not standing by your actors. Agree. You want to talk about not standing by your actors? Okay, that happens. And then in the third movie, Rose is in the movie for thirty seconds. They're going off on an adventure. Oh, I have to stay with uh, I have to stay with Princess Leia. Great. No, it was so bad. You, no, it so was your bad. your response bad. to everything this poor woman went through was sidelining her and making her a babysitter for the movie so she doesn't get any action. How do you do that? 
That's no, horrible. It was bad. It, look, yeah. look, look, look. You know, every movie made less money. Seven mm. made a ton of money. Then eight made less, and then nine made less. I mean, nine made nine made a billion dollars. It's a lot, a lot of money. But compared to other Star Wars movies, it wasn't a lot. Uh, well, I don't think that's necessarily the phrase you're talking for because uh, no Star Wars movies made a billion dollars before the sequel trilogy. Well, I, I, I mean, I don't know about inflation I, or anything like that. Just but for I, inflation, I, I mean, that's what I meant. Sorry. Yeah, but I'm just I'm just saying at the time, none of them made a billion dollars. Um, like what? Here, here it is. OK, worldwide. And truthfully, if you look at the original trilogy, each movie made less in those in those movies too. Star Wars made seven hundred seventy-five million dollars worldwide. Empire Strikes Back made five hundred forty-seven million, and Return of the Jedi made four hundred seventy-five million dollars. Now, oh, adjusted, wow, okay. yeah, and adjusted for inflation, the original Star Wars weighed one point six billion, and Empire makes eight hundred eighty-six uh, million. So, you know, even with inflation, I'm pretty sure. Um, Force Awakens made more money than it. So yeah, Force but, Awakens I think made two billion. Ah, uh, yeah, I think you're right on that. But yeah. you look, look at this, man. You know how much the first Star Wars was made for? This is this is unbelievable to me. The first Star, million? lower. The 10? first the first Star Wars movie was made for eleven million dollars. Wow. Yeah, and, and that's a lot, probably. Well, for the time, yeah, but like the most expensive of the original trilogy was Empire Strikes Back, thirty-three million. That's wow. still insane. That's still insane to think about. So, all right, I tell you what. Yeah, I tell you what. I think that's going to do it here for us tonight, David, cousin David. Do you have any final thoughts, my friend? Um, it was a great episode. Um, I loved it. Um, I. My wife probably didn't really like it because I was I, I, I literally was watching it on my iPad and I got up and I said, look, it's Luke. And she looked at me as like, she's like, sit down. <laughs> so knowing your um, wife. Yes, of course, that was her reaction. Yeah. So I, I was just loving Nancy. I, yeah. So I I just loved it. And I'm looking forward to what happens next year and face of the year after that. And uh, I love doing this. Thank you for doing this, Mike, because this was cool doing this. Man, and no, pro- no problem. Reliving it. <laughs> All right, man. So that's going to do it for us here tonight. I am Mike Aguilar with Cousin David. Thank you to everybody for listening to us, no matter how you listen to us. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Anchor, Bullhorn. We're going to be back on the big show with Dave and Eric and Schmel Rose or whatever the hell he's calling himself this week on Tuesday. And I'm sure we're going to have a lot to talk about. Eric actually wanted to be with us tonight but he did not get a chance to watch the episode i guess he was doing christmas shopping or whatever so he is probably going to give his thoughts on this on uh tuesday and i'm i'm very interested to hear what he has to say truthfully on this one too so that should be fun but until then once again thank you to everybody for listening we will see you all next week <laughs>